Are you interested in bringing communities together? Are you interested in bridging cultural and communication gaps? Are you interested in podcasting? We want to help build a better world through better understanding of one another. And we want to amplify your voice in the conversation. So bring your ideas and voice to the Venn Network. We will help you bring your voice to the world. Two Iraqis came here to this country, were radicalized. That terror attack overseas. Assalamu alaikum, ladies and gentlemen. Assalamu alaikum, boys and girls. It is Tuesday evening. It is 7.50 on the East Coast and 6.50 in Texas. And you are here joining us once again for a mid-Ramadan podcast where we are going to talk about things that matter to you because that's what we're here. We're here for you. This is edutainment. We're here to educate and entertain at the same time. But you can't educate and entertain without the hardest working imam that I know, Imam Azhar. Assalamu alaikum. Peace and greetings to everyone. Another Ramadan Kareem to our listeners as we are just passing the halfway mark of this holy and blessed month. We welcome you to another episode of Raw Islam here with Brother Carl and myself where we discuss issues of relevance to all of us here in America and across the world, where we peel the onion and the layers of culture and stigma and phobias to get to the core of the onion. And thus, that is why we call ourselves Raw Islam. So tonight we have another episode where we want to engage you, our listener, on the topics that you, our listeners, selected. So without further ado, I'm going to ask... My dear brother Carl, to let us know what are those topics and which one was selected for this week, brother Carl. So, whoa, major feedback. Okay, cool. So, if you follow us on Twitter at Venn Network, V E N N N E T W O R K, you will find all of the fun little things that we are posting on Twitter, which includes our current challenge looking for a. Uh, Looking for a graphic designer. If you are a graphic designer, you know a graphic designer, uh, have them reach out and uh, they may be eligible to win uh, $200 because we're looking for some fun and exciting ideas that we can throw on to a uh, t-shirt and some other cool stuff. Speaking of which, our website has been updated. So if you would like to uh, get some cool stuff, like the t-shirt I'm wearing and the camera's too high tonight, you can head over to vennetwork.org, click on the swag tag, and uh, you can get t-shirts and you can get coffee mugs and phone cases, and the proceeds go to help the network and help the hosts and help reach more of an audience, because that's what we do. We want a bigger audience to help spread our word. So there's that. Now, every Monday on Twitter, Venn Network, V-E-N-N-N-E-T-W-O-R-K, we post a poll where you, our followers, our fans, our listeners, our subscribers, you get to take part in what the topic of tonight's show is going to be. And this week, we ran our poll, and the poll was, I don't know why I do this every week, I hate it, uh, our poll was, climate change is fake news. All women's mosques 
halfway through Ramadan check-in and what's the deal with, and I just want to say personally, I'm really sad that what's the deal with didn't even get one vote this week, but you know, that's okay. It is what it is. It's my personal favorite because it opens up a grab bag of what could be and what topics we want to talk about, but that's okay. Nobody, nobody showed that any love this week. However, as you just saw in the last scene, uh, or in the last uh, screen change, our topic this week is all women mosques. Uh, yeah, that's what it is. And uh, so with that, we'll throw it back to Ima Mazhar. So thank you. Uh, you selected and we discussed. We discussed the topic because we want you to engage with us in the discussion. The topic is all women mosques, which I think is an important topic to discuss especially as that trend is slowly, uh, gradually rising in this country and also in places around the world. But before we do so, uh, Carl, I want us to discuss uh, a topic that wasn't on the poll, which isn't bothering me, and it's hard for me to uh, contain what bothers me nowadays. I think it's age, Carl. I need some of those sen centiums or uh, those multivitamins. Centrum. Centrum, centrum multivitamins. I think I need the 50 plus. No, I'm not that old yet. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it, 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 it's, it's worrisome. Uh, and when something bothers me to my core, uh, it doesn't matter the time I need to get out of my system. And I was doing that on Facebook yesterday and it continues till today. But Carl, um, we've talked about mosque shootings. We've talked about shootings at religious centers. We've talked about violence and guns. We've talked about guns numerous times. Um, I think it's a boring topic now to discuss because it's only depressing but when we had the last New Zealand shooting we had um, a discussion uh, come forth in this country about how people should arm themselves and go to the mosque this discussion was not this discussion was not something the Jews had after the synagogues were shot it wasn't a discussion that the Hindus had after their, their temples were shot or the Sikh it wasn't a discussion that happened when schools were shot. Matter of fact, uh, the school in Parkland, even though Florida has passed a bill, and I don't know how our governor did that, uh, for teachers to be armed, the teachers at that school, uh, Stoneman Douglas High School, they don't want guns. They don't want to be armed. It's like, don't people get it? The solution to guns isn't more guns. So the people who would have, you know, brought about the discussion of guns are actually saying get a like let's let's do away with guns and our muslims god bless them uh are always talking about more guns and so what happened yesterday or uh two nights ago uh in tampa florida at a mosque that i know personally it was the first mosque i interviewed for in my career in february of 2002 and i was offered the job only not to take it because I felt it was too large of a facility at that time, and I was too young, uh, and I was uh, only uh, trained voluntarily, so it, was, it wasn't something I was planning to take on. It's a mosque that I feel has one of the best security systems in uh, Florida. And they have a food pantry called, they have a store, they have a nursery for children, they have a kids program that currently houses 150 kids. Uh, they have multiple portables, they have um, a playground, they have a large facility, they have a large mosque. At one time it was one of the 10 largest mosques in America at one time. 
and two brothers had an altercation in the car park and one shot the other. We know this afternoon the brother that was buried was one of the security guards of the masjid. He was Iraqi descent. He came here as a refugee. He married his wife and she was the mother of two beautiful girls that he was taking care of and today they are widow and orphans. Um, and I just, I just brought up the discussion because I'm like, when we have guns in sacred spaces, we're actually aggravating each other to use it on each other. You know, if, if there was a personal altercation and I've got some people giving me their first-hand testimony of what they saw, and I'm not going to talk about it tonight because it's still under investigation uh, and it's none of my business. But if two people have fight, Carl, you know I had to go on a fight right now. I would, I would take my, my fist and I'm sure you take your fist. You're a veteran in the military. You would body slam me and I'd be crippled by now. You know, and I'd be maybe going to the VA hospital with you for a next appointment. But the thing is that, you know, we would take our shoes off or would pick up a stick and hit each other. But no way. I don't know any situation where someone would have killed someone over an altercation in a mosque during Ramadan after Tarawih prayer because of a personal issue. And that's what happened. A man got shot twice in the chest because of an altercation. And all I'm saying is, I'm not here to talk about the law, but yes, the Florida law does say two things. And correct me if I'm wrong, Texas is an open carry state. Florida isn't. Yeah, you can conceal maybe in Florida. I don't know about that. I'm not a lawyer, and I don't know the law that well. But I know for a fact that there's no guns allowed in a premise where there is a nursery, where there's schools, and where there's such services being provided like that mosque. And my daughters went to this, and all my kids actually went to the Islamic school across the street from there. They'd be walking there at times, and we tell our daughters and our sons, just walk across the street to the mosque, and we'll pick you up from there, or go pray, and we'll pick you up from there. Or that's where they used to go pray Friday prayers, and we'd pick them up from there. Carl, it's so personal, this thing, and it's bothering me that some people are still not seeing it, and actually they're saying, no, we should have people conceal carry in mosques. Would you go to a mosque and allow your children? I know your, your children, Masha, are growing up amazing kids. My kids are still small. Just take it in my footsteps. If your kids are young, would you allow your kids to go to a mosque where you know someone shot someone and people actually conceal carry? Would you do that? So, I mean, so, p- part of it is you have to remember that, that, you know, not only was I in the military, so my experience with firearms is super general or super different to begin with. But beyond that, I actually come from a very rural farming area where, and and when school shootings started to become a thing, I remember commenting on this, that, that we actually would, when I was in high school, we, we would take our guns to school because it was hunting season and we were going hunting after school or you went out early before school to go hunting. So that's why you had your firearms with you. So my experience with firearms is very different than most people. However, with that being said, even in a farming, hunting, you know, you like my, my stepmom, when she would go out like jogging, she would carry a, a weapon on her because there were coyotes that would cross her path from time to time. One time she even, you know, crossed paths with a mountain lion. But even growing up in a community and an environment like that, and even in the military, nobody ever took their guns to church. There's no reason to take guns to a place of worship. Never, 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 never. And I wouldn't. I, I'm not sure I would frequent a place 
where they encourage people to take their firearms into a place of worship. I, I, I just don't think that that's, that's a, it's inappropriate, I feel. It is super inappropriate, but how come no one's waking up to it? Everyone's talking. So I got in, I got into a uh, debate on, on Facebook on my post with a brother who I, I respect. He used to work for a Muslim organization. He used to work for another Muslim organization. He's a police officer. But he's talking about training, like active shooter training. I get it. We're not talking about active shooter training now. We're talking about someone got killed by their own brother in the mosque in Ramadan. And you're telling me we need active shooter training? There was security guards. Matter of fact, the guy that got shot is a security guard of that mosque. Why doesn't it get to people's heads? More guns isn't a solution. The Prophet Muhammad, peace upon him, said two things. Whoever points a weapon on us is not from us. Learn the hadith. Number two, a person should never point a weapon on his brother lest shaitan may make his hand slip and he will end up in hellfire forever. The Prophet is not questioning his motives or intention. The trigger might go off by mistake and you'll kill someone, you'll end up in hell forever. Because the Quran says whoever kills a Muslim brother on purpose is in hell forever. I don't care what the law says. If they exonerate him on self-defense, which I don't know how it's possible, you shot the guy twice in the chest and then you called 911 and an active, uh, uh, an off-duty police officer who was guarding and just finished his shift and was going home heard the shots and went running towards it. By that time, the guy was bleeding out. The question is, why would you resort to a gun? I promise you, you would do it the Iraqi Arab style. They threw shoes on Bush's face and they missed. If you have a problem, take your shoes off and hit each other. Why the hell would you pick up a gun for? He would not have gone to his buckle or his waist because he wouldn't have had a gun because mosques wouldn't allow people to have guns because security personnel should be the only ones carrying guns. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. The Muslim community is stupid. I'm sorry to say that. They're stupid and a half. How can you allow someone to carry a gun in a mosque where children go? My friend in Louisiana died because his safety was off and his gun shot him in his artery. He died out in front of his kids while he was playing outside of them. Don't tell me about guns. If you, Our masjid budget is $109,000 for security. We are putting the money where we need to. It's hurting us, but we're going to do it. Why? Because it's a need of the time. I don't want any imam. I don't want any shura member. I don't want the president of the mosque carrying a gun. I will walk out from that mosque. And if that mosque can't get its sense right in other mosques and tell people, if you carry a gun in a public place as such, it is called trespassing. We will trespass you forever. You will never come back to this mosque. I don't care how long your beard is or how big your hijab is, how long your degree is or who you studied with. Out you go. We have to stop the solution of thinking guns are the solution for, for fear of guns. So that's basically my rant on this, Carl. You know, you, you, you have been in the military, and uh, I don't know if our listeners will value you, because unfortunately we're living in a time where our veterans are not valued. They're the people who put their life on the line when everyone else was just about getting by in their country, and you're, you're, you're good today because of your veterans. You're actually lucky to be alive, and your country is free because your veterans put their life on the line. Have some dignity. Memorial Day is coming up. Go and meet with your veterans and thank them personally. A week tonight, thank you, Carl, for your service, because... You made this country better. You've given us the freedom to at least pray and fast and go to mosques. Your contribution is there. It doesn't matter if it's a drop in the ocean. It's part of the ocean. We're not looking at the drops now. We're looking at the ocean. So thank you for that. But, um, yeah, that's um, 
that goes to the ineffectiveness of mosques, and we want to seamlessly transition from the ineffectiveness of mosques to women mosques. So the topic that everyone selected tonight was women mosques, and I'm going to see what I what's on top of my head before I ask you to kind of fill me in as to why this topic our listeners thought was important. But I don't blame women for making their own mosques because we've made mosques into a men's club. We've made it that's only certain people. If your child is rowdy, out they go. If your child makes noise, they shouldn't come back. If your uh, if your child is 12 or 13 year old and they're still misbehaving, you should not come to this mosque. Everyone's got a second criteria. Uh, a brother came up to me this week, and it, it was a funny thing actually. I, I want to share the story with our listeners and with you. The guy comes up to me and asks me, "Imam, back in the countries in our country in Saudi Arabia, women don't go to the mosque. So why do women go to the mosque here?" And I said it to him, simple, because we're practicing Islam and they're not. At the time of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, women were coming to the mosque to the extent that they filled their space, they filled the courtyard. At the time of Imam Malik, rahimahullah, a fatwa was asked from Imam Malik that the men's section is full, right, right here, and the women's section overflows, that when men come for prayer, they cannot go up. It's full. It's so much, there's so many women. So the men prayed behind the woman. They asked after we finished the prayer, do we have to redo our prayer because we were praying in front of a like woman was praying in front of us? Imam Malik said, no, your prayer is accepted. Women came to the mosques. The mosques were always men and women. If, if they're not having women in mosques in Saudi Arabia or India or Pakistan or England or Canada or America, I'm sorry, that's not Islam. But the Prophet's mosque still has women. Masjid Haram has women. You know, I'm not here to question anyone's authenticity or legitimacy when it comes to Islamic position, but our history gives us a position. Women were a part of the mosque. But Carl, tell us. You know, I'm I'm really getting upset today, and I'm sorry, but tell me what what is what is the thing about women's mosque? Like, explain to us, because we want to, of course, share the sentiments of grievances and of disconnect for our sisters, hoping that there can be a wholesome solution under one roof. Brothers and sisters, everyone prays, everyone learns, everyone builds their faith, and everyone makes their afterlife. So yeah, Carl, what's up? Imam Azhar on fire tonight. <laughs> loving it, loving it. Um, okay, so before I go into what details I have, I'm going to read a couple of quick comments. Uh, actually, I'm going to read one, and I'm going to hold the other one for just a little bit. Uh, from Sister Layla. Assalamu alaikum, Sister Layla. Thank you for joining us tonight. Super fan. Um, she says, Assalamu alaikum, rahmatullah barakatuh. She says that uh, more guns are not the answers to gun to, to having a gun problem. Can't argue with that kind of logic. She's spot on with that. Um, so uh, the reason that this was in the headlines and the reason that this is news this week is because uh, the first female, all-female mosque in Toronto opened this week, and they held their first Friday prayer, and apparently I was reading, and they're going to be holding prayers like every other week. And a lot of people are saying, well, why, why, why are all-female mosques a thing? Why, why, why do we need all-female mosques? And as I was reading this, I was remembering, and I know it made national news, but there's a mosque in my area, in the D.C. area here, that uh, several years ago, it wasn't, this isn't new news, 
the females actually ended up getting up and walking to the front of the mosque and praying in front of the men. And of course, you know, like you were saying in Saudi, they, I, I guess in Saudi, they, they, they don't go to the mosque. And so there was a lot of, of, of tension. Like, why are these females doing this? What's wrong with them? Why would they do this? But it turned out that, that they were using that back area, the, the women's section, they were using it for storage. And there was, and it was just, it was, it was a small space it was not appropriate. They they would move the wall back and give them less space, and there were tables and chairs. And the women were like, we want room to pray, and since you have all the room, we're going to come up there and pray with you. And, you know, I, and from what, I mean, I don't have a dog in the fight about how it was handled. I, I'm not taking sides on that. But what I will say is that if you're a Muslim, even sister, brother, it doesn't matter. You have a right to have your space to pray. You have the right to pray with the group. You have that right. And we need to treat our sisters in, in that manner. We need to make sure that they have the space. And this is why these all-female mosques are coming up. And that's why these all-female mosques are a thing, is so that they have the space, they have the area. And I know one of the things that I was reading was uh, they're doing it for safety. That was one of the one of the reasons that the, that they gave for the Toronto Mosque is they were saying that as Muslim women with a hijab we're very visible and accessible to Islamophobia, so we want our own safe, quiet space. Now, uh, one of the criticisms and one of the oft-asked questions and. Sister Layla did perfect, so thank you for that segue that you didn't know you were setting up, was uh, if it's an all-women's mosque, who will be the imam or the sheikh? Now, my personal feeling on this, before I throw it back to you, is uh, early on, early, early, early on, uh, it was the prophet's wives. They were the first Muslims, and they were the first teachers, and they were the first... To, 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 to go out into the community. And I could be wrong on this. I don't know. That's why you're the imam and I'm not. So Islam has a history of, of, of women being, you know, in the forefront and being teachers and being active at that level. But beyond that, uh, and I'm going to kind of drag her into this a little bit, even though she doesn't know it just yet. But I was talking to my wife about this, and my wife said that if it's a woman leading other women and there's no men, then there's nothing wrong with that. It's very fine. So that's my personal answer to you, Sister Layla. But, you know, it's not, it's, this is not my podcast. This is not my show. So I'll turn it back over to the professional of the hour, Imam Azar. Well, well thank you. So... Uh, quite a few things here. Number one, Toronto, my hometown. We the North, you know, that's who we are. Um, it's a good oh, place, eh? <laughs> and also the Raptors. We're going. We're rooting for the Raptors. You know, the Golden State Warriors ripped Portland. I don't know what happened there. Uh, what miracle fell short in Portland? But hopefully the Raptors come through and uh, take on the Warriors. Nevertheless, um, the culture of Canada is coming to Hanza. It's hatching up to them, and I'm happy. So, 
growing up in Canada, now let me just correct one thing, Carl. Every mosque I've been to in Saudi Arabia, women had a spot. Every mosque I've seen, women have a spot. Bangladesh, women don't have a spot in the mosque I've seen. Pakistan, except for the one in Islamabad, I did in Faisalabad, in Karachi where I went, I did not see a woman's spot. And again, I didn't see the whole country in every mosque, so I cannot stay. Bangladesh, wherever I saw in Dhaka, women were not allowed. My wife had to stand outside while I prayed Asr, and she could not even do wudu. She asked them if she could just make wudu so she can pray outside, and they never allowed her, her to, and she actually just went and made wudu anyways. And it's like, what, women don't pray? Is it only prayer for men or something? India, I don't recall seeing women in mosques either. Saudi, everywhere I went, as I said, I've seen women pray. Emirates, uh, Dubai. Abu Dhabi, I've seen women pray. But let me tell you in Canada what happened. The cultural phenomena in Ontario, in Toronto, the indo pak culture, the Desi culture was so dominant. And anyone can correct me on this, because I was born and raised in these places. Um, women's section was not a priority. Let me tell you my own mosque in Canada. When they built, they purpose-built the mosque, which was one, two, three floors. Uh, Humongous compared to a house that we used to pray that was just like the upstairs and the downstairs basement. Um, beautiful building. Um, you know where the women's section was, Carl? They made a small room, a closet-sized room. Like I'm exaggerating, my closet. Um, maybe a bit bigger than my office. My office here is a good six, twelve, maybe twenty by thirty. It's a fair size, right? They made this room. The mosque has three floors, Carl. The downstairs has a men's section. The main section, main floor is for the men. And upstairs is also for men. The women got a room, maybe 20 by 30 or less or more, downstairs next to where they wash the bodies. Next to where they freeze the bodies for janazah, that's where they gave the women a room. Then the women, of course, they were that room was too small for them. So ultimately put a partition downstairs in the section that's also for men and the women would come downstairs from a separate door. If that room was full, they could go in from one of the two doors and they could go to the back and use the behind the partition as if you're not welcome. Okay, this is the norm in, in many mosques in Canada. Yes, then the Tariq Masjid was created, which I've never been to. It's literally in the middle of the highway. Uh, which I heard was a very open-minded mosque where women did come also. The thing was, you push the buttons. You push the wrong buttons by saying kids shouldn't come, women shouldn't come, and you made it such that women don't... And I heard people growing up say this. Oh, we made the women's section so bad that they won't even come, so at least they can't say that we didn't make a section for the women. Like, give me a break. What are you trying to prove by doing that? So that's why the Tor Toronto has a women's only mosque today. And let me tell you something else, Carl. Here at the Islamic Association of Collin County, somewhere where I'm honored to serve as an imam. We just did an expansion call. Our mosque facility is 56 or 58,000 square feet, if that makes sense. 58,000 square feet is our facility. I think it's 56. I just heard it from the president the other day. And we just did an expansion. Now, I asked you, Carl. Do you think that expansion was a playground, a men's prayer area, classrooms, or a women's area? What do you think it is? Hmm. What was what? the expansion? I think I would say it was 
Probably a plate. No, it was either classrooms or, or or a men's prayer area, because and and I just wanted to piggyback on what you said because most of the mosques that I've been to, it's the same exact way you were talking. Like you were saying, you know, they got the closet and they got and that was their space, which is why these women mosques are so so becoming such a thing. But I honestly think it was probably either more classrooms or more men's space because. In my experience, they probably wouldn't have expanded the female prayer area. So I think we're the only mosque, maybe in America, that spent $1.2 million and expanded a woman's area. We added, uh, yes, yeah, so I think we need, we, we need that. We need that. I think it, we <laughs> spent $1.2 million to expand a whole new floor above the existing floor, uh, which costs that much money because we had to literally build off of a pre-existing structure. We didn't break anything or didn't build anything from scratch. Literally, what was existing, a whole new floor was created on top. So the men's section is downstairs, and then there's two wings on the side, and they were half. Now they're full because the upstairs women's section has now doubled. So another additional prayer space for close to 400 women, 400 women, plus extra classroom space with monitors, with screens, with projectors. Um, it's, it's beautiful. So now I think 700 sisters could pray upstairs. It was just like 300-something. Now it's like 700. And if they're not facing the glass, looking downwards, every place has a monitor screen that you could watch. It's the same thing. Why? Because we want to make the room for our sisters because they're a vital part of our community also. And some people don't like it, but guess what? Good for you. If our mothers... The believers, the mothers of the believers taught uh, next door to the masjid in their houses because they learned from the masjid and the Prophet Who are we to say women should not come and learn? If you're not going to go to the mosque, if the men are going to go mosque and sleep during the khutbah and come home and don't teach their family anything that was learned, even though they weren't sleeping, giving them benefit of the doubt, you're not teaching. And even if you taught your wife the 30 minute khutbah that was said, you cannot give the due. Uh, respect of what it was that was taught. So they would come and learn. The Prophet the woman of the Sahab, the Sahabiyat, the female companions, talk about what they learned directly from the Prophet because they used to come to the masjid and pray behind them. They used to listen to him. So Alhamdulillah, if there's any other mosque in America that has spent that type of money to expand a section solely for sisters, nothing was expanded. Our basketball court is the same. Classrooms are the same. We've expanded the women's prayer area and additional classrooms for them. And it's exclusively for them. Where now we had all the classrooms that men and women share. This is exclusively for them. So you tell me, you know, is it right or wrong? The thing is, um, a woman will not call azan. She will not make the gama. Uh, but she can lead the prayer with women. She can lead the prayer for women. In, uh, she could lead the prayer for women as a woman. Uh, and they're doing it. Happen, uh, I think, once or twice at the time of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. There's a lot more depth to this discussion, wise, uh, jurisprudence wise, but a woman can lead women in prayer. And so, what is their main concern? Look at the underlying, what's the core of the problem? People are like, oh, they have their own mosque, own building, who's going to pray? No, what's the core of the problem? The core of the problem is this you push them out, you open up their own space. You should be happy that they didn't go off to the mall. And leave, like, and as, as a desi called, oh, they're going to the mall. 
and you're lucky they didn't go to a club, and you're lucky they didn't abandon Islam altogether. They love their Islam enough that they will build their own space to do their prayer because they don't want to leave their Islam. So kudos to them for doing it. But, but, I hope, this is an eye-opener for those in Canada and those here in America, that we make a larger space in masjids because we don't need a hundred different masjids based on sects and school of thoughts and cultures and 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 uh, religious ideologies or even the sexes and genders. We just need one mosque that's home for everyone. So if we could go back to that model, that if there's one prayer hall for men, there's one for the women also. The women could come and learn also and teach just as men want to come and learn and teach. Then I think we're back to the prophetic model, the prophetic model where there is no flaws and there's only success. So as much as I understand why the women did what they did, I hope this opens the eyes for the people to call them back into the masjids and make the masjid a family place once again. Carl? So I think the only thing I would say just right out of the gate as I was listening to you talk is, you know, reviewing a lot of the history of Islam while you with what you were doing is how awesome is Islam with women's rights? And women, you know, just just giving it's you know people say, oh, Islam oppresses women. No, no, it doesn't. Culture oppresses women, not Islam. So I mean, yeah, and I mean, and and that was that was the thing that 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 left for me. And uh, I'm actually going to uh, Sister Layla. Thank you for joining us. Please go break your fast and enjoy. May Allah accept your fasting and you'll do what that you make while you break your fast. Uh, and I'm actually going to echo her sentiment. And I don't mean to cut you short, but I'm going to throw it back to you for final comments because Maya then just went off for Makrib. And I know that we, we are getting ready to wrap up here. I mean, I can... My, final preparations are being placed on the dinner as I speak. So with that, final comments, sir? Well, I think tonight's show, uh, fellow listeners, went off quite long, uh, longer than we expected. Uh, the Ramadan group thinking like 20 minutes. But again, topics of discussion is where we become selfless, and we want to really create the conversations that you can take forward to your iftar tables, to your dinner tables, to your congregations tonight, and talk about it. Because if we don't talk about issues, we're never going to find a solution for the issue. So we thank you once again for tuning into Raw Islam. Please share this video on Twitter, Periscope, on uh, on YouTube. Share it on all your outlets as possible, social media, so people can engage in such conversations and we can make these topics go viral and hopefully then bring about change. Back to you, Carl. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we have reached an the end of another episode of Raw Islam with Imam Azhar. I would like to thank everybody that tuned in and will tune in for the for this episode, I would like to thank everybody that is watching, will watch, has downloaded, and will download this episode. If you have comments, questions, thoughts, theories, uh, you can see the information if you're not listening to the audio version. 
you can see right here on the bottom of the screen, you can email us at rawislam at vennetwork.org or you can give us or you can call us at 202-930-5175. You can leave us a voicemail and we may play it on the air and we can answer your questions. Uh, if you want to learn more about Venn Network, find all the back episodes of Raw Islam with Imam Azhar and see some of the other amazing shows that the Venn Network has to offer. Head over to vennetwork.org and if you want to support the network, support the hosts, support the shows, and support our growth, click on the swag tag and go over and get yourself a t-shirt, a coffee mug, a phone case, and any other, and if there's something there that you want, you're like, I'd really like this with the Venn Network logo, let me know. I'll see if I can get it up there for you. And lastly, if you know a graphic designer, make sure that you share this, uh, share our video with them. Uh, it was a post on Twitter that we are looking and accepting uh submissions for new t-shirts and new swag $200 to the best design and uh, you know let the games begin as that I think we're going to run this for a little while simply because it's Ramadan and we don't want to put too much pressure on people so <laughs> with that ladies and gentlemen I will say thank you to everyone once again thank you to Imam Azhar and until next week we will say Assalamu alaikum Assalamu alaikum you should develop detention centers for them Everywhere there is a song of fun for the rest. This has been a production of the Venn Network.